So we thank God as the rain comes down. One of the things we were crying on to go through all the week is the Lord pour your spirit upon us. And I want you to keep on looking up unto him. There is, I believe, a new visitation that God is releasing unto us even as his spirit comes down upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm trusting to behold the Lord releasing his gifts to work in each one of your individual lives. I'm looking forward to seeing you bubbling in tongues until nobody is able to stop you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because the word of God says, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall speak in other tongues. That is one of the promises that he gives unto us. He gives unto us, we, we're going to know, you know, the gift of prophecies, the, the gift of, of designing of spirits. Expect a lot of action in this particular place. All for the glory of God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He says they shall cast out demons. So don't be afraid, we're going to see the glory of God at work in our midst as his glory is made manifest in us and through each one of you for the honor and for the glory of his wondrous name. Let us expect to behold deliverances of God's people, even as his hand is outstretched to minister unto us in Jesus' name. Let us expect to behold depressions being broken and the captives being set free in the name of Jesus Christ, just for the glory of God, because it is the doing of the Lord and it is marvelous in our sight in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us expect to behold doing something new for the honor and for the glory of his holy name as he sets a pace for or as he sets the wheel rolling for his glory to be made manifest that others will be able to look and say surely God is with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because his workings are wonderful and they are glorious and he uses the, you know, the mundane things of, of the world to confound the mighty and so he will use you that you are small or you that looks to be insignificant he will use you to bring glory and honor to his wonderful name in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ keep on believing keep on trusting we must see the miracles of God manifest in the name of Jesus Christ we are not part of those who believe that miracles passed no they are here with us because we have Jesus here with us all for the glory of God. The supernatural must happen in our lives and in our midst, in our families. Why? Because he is the God of the supernatural. He is here today. The Lord who is, who was, and who is to come. He hasn't changed. So we're going to see the healing of the sick because he is the Lord who was promised in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. His word is true and it is forever settled in heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, as we enter into... The sharing of what we have to share. I want you to. I just want to remind you once again what he says in in that particular Psalms chapter nineteen. That scripture always keeps on going through my my spirit over and over and over again. That is Psalms chapter nineteen, and that is verse seven. Is a scripture that we've shared over and over, and I've repeated it once again. That the law of the Lord is perfect. I will change that word law. It's one and the same thing as the word of the Lord. So the law of the Lord is perfect. And I will say the word of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. Now hold on to that before you go to the next, the next part. His word or his law is perfect. It converts the soul. And I want you to hold on to that word as we step into this particular year. Just as our dear ones who testify. Karina testified and said that while she was thinking of going west, the word came go east. And she went east, praise the Lord. Why? Because that word converts our soul if we hold on to it. 
if we meditate on it and if we hold on to it. So whatever the word has said, I encourage you, my brother and my sister, speak it out more and over and over. Meditate on it. Let it go through. As Karen said in that house that she had, there is power in the name of Jesus. That is the word coming through the word of the moment at that particular time. She came out of the COVID place. She's singing here and shouting and declaring she's not going to be kept silent. Although the enemy tried to keep her silent. Praise the Lord. And there it is, the word word stands. And as Tom shared with us and told us, you know, nothing can separate you from the particular love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. It is the same word that is coming across unto us. It converts situations. It changes the circumstances. It will change the, you know, the direction or whatever it is that has been planned against you. The word of the Lord is perfect. It will not be moved or it will not be swayed in any particular way by whatever the enemy might try to do. If you hold on to it, regardless of all that they will say or do or imagine or or, or declare, that word remains perfect. It continues on its course. It will perform what God has promised it to perform in your life and in my life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So hold on to it. When he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee, let that word ring in your spirit over and over. Speak it out. Thank you. You are the Lord that heals me. The doctors keep on saying that there is now no hope for you. You are the Lord that heals me. The body pains you and you feel there is no hope. You are the Lord that heals me. Satan speaks into your ear and you say, why should it be like this? Instead declare, you are the Lord that healeth me. I assure you, that organ is going to be changed because that word converts even the soul. The soul which is hidden. What about the physical that we, are, that we see? He is able to change and transform that particular situation for you. For the glory of his name. The word of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. And then what we've been sharing on. Which we've been going on and on. The testimony of the Lord is sure. It makes wise the simple. And I've been encouraging you over and over. Search out that testimony of the Lord. Make sure you discover it because it is ever before your eyes. He says it is certain. It is sure. And he says it makes wise the simple. It wisens you up. And so today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we look at one aspect that once again, the Lord still, you know, I was thinking that I'd finished that issue of the testimony and the, uh, the word dropped into my spirit. Uh, yet, yet once again, just as, as I was waiting on him in the course of this week. And this word is what we share today. It is in James chapter 4 verse 7. And it is simple. It is part of the testimony of the Lord. And he is trying to bring forth something of us as we shared last week. Wait on the Lord. Let this year be a time of waiting on the Lord. Wait on him. Don't fret. He says, don't be envious about anything. Don't fret yourself up and down. He says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I love those particular words in Psalms 37 verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of the man, or, 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 or of the man who brings, is not afraid because of the man who prospers in his ways, or that, or because of that one who brings wicked schemes to pass, or something like that. He says, "For the wicked are going to be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth." That is a promise. That you know, you patiently don't fret yourself. He's going to come through for you. 
as we have said before. Now today, the word that comes is a bit tough, if I may say so, because it touched me and I would like, I would like to uh, let us prepare ourselves as we enter into this particular moment. It is the word submit to God. Submit to God. It is a uh, James writes and says, therefore, that is James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Just to tell you one scripture. Now, what is it to submit? If you go in the normal uh, explanation, say, to accept, submit is like to accept or to yield to the authority or to the will of another, to the will of another person or something like that. It will submit is to give in. It is basically to give way in, a, in, in, a, in, another, in another way. It is to comply. It is to surrender. It is to play by the rule. In other words, it is to agree. Now, the word of God says in Philippians chapter 2 verse 5, uh, up to 8, I think, uh, he says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bone servant. And coming in the likeness of a man, of men. And being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself. And became obedient to the point of death. Even the death of the cross. The Lord says. Submit to God as James encourages us in that place. And this is part of what God is revealing to us in his testimony. Remember what we've always said along. The testimony of God, because he's invisible, he puts that testimony in you and in all of his creation for you to pick up and be able to see which way he goes, how he behaves in certain situations, or how he acts in such a situation. Or how he expects of us. And this year I'm praying. I'm crying unto God for each one of us. Our eyes will be open to see. The testimony of the Lord. Because it will make us wise. And our ears will be open to hear. The testimony of the Lord. Because it will make us wise. As we walk along. And to this today. He is speaking unto us. About submitting to God. Submit to God. And I will share this for you three examples of his testimony as it is manifest in others. First of all, I, re I begin with the Lord Jesus, our Lord himself, as we have read there in Philippians. He says he humbled himself. He, in other words, he submitted himself unto God. It is, humbling is one of the signs of submission. That, you know, you, you give yourself over. You don't resist his will. He made himself of no reputation. And remember Paul tells us, have this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the testimony of the Father. He's trying to tell you, child, have this mind in you, which was in Jesus, if you want me to manifest myself in your situation and your circumstance. So he made himself of no reputation. In other words, he gave in. He yielded. His reputation didn't count at all. Only the father's reputation counted. We also realize he took the form of a bone servant. 
about servant is, uh, is different just from a servant or different from a slave. A bound servant is that one who gives himself over to be a servant by his own will. He has not been you know, captured and forced into servanthood. The bound servant is the one who he bounds himself, he hands himself over. That I am willing to be your servant, I'm willing to be your slave, to do whatever it is that you want. That is submitting one, that is submitting oneself. You are ready to comply with whatever it is that there is to be complied. That's what Jesus did in that particular place. Remember, have this mind in you, which was in Christ Jesus. The Spirit is continually crying out unto us, submit to God. Look at yourself and I look at myself. And we start looking in our lives, are we submitted? Am I truly submitted to God? He says he was obedient to the point of death. Thus, he surrendered. He didn't fight back. He gave it all up. Have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus. Hear what he himself says in John chapter 5 and verse 19. And he says, then Jesus answered and said to them, Most surely I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he, see, he does, the son also does in like manner. I want you to have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus. This year, I want us, every one of us in hope, and every one of us who are here and those ones who are online, please, please cry unto God, Father, I want to see you. I want to hear you. He says, my sheep hear my voice. They follow me. He says the spirit of God comes and reveals unto us what God has got in store for us. I don't want us to walk in darkness and in confusion. I don't want us to walk in guesswork. I don't want us to walk according to what I saw somebody else doing. No, because you are unique just like your DNA is unique. The purposes of God for each one of you are unique. They are different from every other individual. And God wants to speak to you one on one in a unique and in a special way in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us not be lazy and sit and say, I'll see what Paul is doing so that I'll continue doing likewise. You'll end up being lame. Why? Because Paul has been appointed to accomplish certain works. You will struggle and struggle and you may do them very well. But at the end of the day, the Father will ask you, but I asked, I gave you this DNA to do ABCD. Why didn't you do it? Say, oh no, I was looking at Paul so that I do what Paul does. It is important. Yes, what I ought to do is to imitate Christ. And you hence, therefore, in turn, imitate the Lord Jesus Christ, if you try to imitate, if you try to imitate me. And he comes and he says that the Father, the Son does nothing of himself. Now ask yourself, as I ask myself, how many things do I do of myself without consulting or without seeking to know what is in the mind of the Lord who has bought me and who has purchased me? That you know that in like manner I will be able to do what the Lord has, you know, that what the Lord is doing. God bless Karina. She blessed us so much today with that wonderful testimony. She chose to do what the Lord, the Lord was not going to the party. The Lord was going the other, the other direction. And she decided, okay, Lord, I will do what you are doing. And hence, she found herself in the, in, the, in the right place. And she is right here. Why? Because who knows? Maybe she wouldn't have been here if she had decided to go the other, the other direction. So we bless the Lord for that. And in verse 30 of that same John chapter 5, he says a few words. He says, I can almost myself do nothing. I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. 
and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus. Submit unto God. Submit unto God. Hear what he says in verse 29 of chapter 8 of John. And he who sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. To do the things that always please the Father, as John says in John 8.29, means you are 100% submitted unto him. And I want us to ask ourselves, Hope Community Church, how much am I submitted to God? How much am I submitted to God? How much is his voice at work in me? And how much is mine actually the one that is operating? The testimony of the Lord then therefore teaches us submission to God is the route to be able to take, if at all, we desire to see the glory of God in our lives. Realize that, look at the result of Jesus submitting himself to God. The Bible tells us God exalted him. And, you know, he gave him a name that is above all names. You can read that again in that same Philippians chapter 2. Read from that verse, verse 5 through to verse 11. He says he exalted him and gave him a name that is above all names. That submission brought about the exaltation. Same with you and me. If we want to see God's grace and God's power at work in us, let us learn to yield. Let us learn to submit. Let us not be stubborn and hold on to the things of the world or the things that please us most. And we let go of what God desires. Let us submit to God and he will exalt you just as he exalted the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to God, he says. Resist the devil and he will flee away from you. The way of resisting the devil is actually submitting to God. That is how you resist the devil. You don't waste time trying to fight with Satan. No need. What for? Submit to God. As you submit to God, the devil finds there is nothing to hold on to into your life. He will run away because everything becomes too hot. He can't hold anywhere. But the moment you try to go to argue with the devil and try to, you know, to wrestle, to wrestle and get hand, your hands on him, man, he has been around for a long time. He knows all the wrestling tricks. He will flow you onto the floor. Don't waste time fighting with him. Submit unto God. That is what it is to resist the devil. As you submit, automatically you have won the battle. Second aspect, we have looked at Jesus. Look at, at the apostle Paul. He says something in Philippians chapter 3 verse 8. And if you read through to verse 11, he says, Yet indeed I also count all things. Laws for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the laws of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection of the dead. Hear that. If by any means I may attain the resurrection of the dead. 
He, that tone that he's putting there indicates it is not an easy journey. It is not an easy thing, an easy flippant thing that we are going to enter into eternal life just before, you know, just or because I've made this decision today, automatically I've entered into eternal life. Hear what the apostle says in that particular place, in that place. He says, I partake in the fellowship of his suffering. He is not going to run away from suffering, the loss that he has got to suffer. He says that I may be able to be conformed to his particular death. Realize at the beginning he says that he let go of all gain. He counted all gain loss. He was a great scholar, respected in the whole Jewish, you know, Jewish fraternity. There was none like Paul. He was in a class of his own. But yet what does he say? He decided to become like a fool. He let go of all that particular knowledge and all that particular pomp and those particular, you know, status that he held within the Jewish people. He let go of that gain. He let go of the fame, the greatest philosopher, the greatest scholar that we have of our time. That he would stand in a synagogue and everybody keeps quiet, says Paul is speaking. Why? Because they knew how much he had gained in the things. The Bible says he was blameless as far as the law was concerned. You can imagine what sort of a man that guy was. He was a very strict, disciplined guy. Yet in all those particular things, the Bible says he counted them rubbish when he discovered salvation is not by works. Salvation is not by what I have done. It is through faith in Jesus Christ. And so he casts it all aside and he yields himself to Jesus and says, Lord, have your own way. In another version, he says, he counted everything to be done. That is done, the cow done, the excretion of the cow. You saw you're useless for the sake of knowing Jesus. The same uh, for you and for me. What is, you know, where do we stand? He accepted the fellowship of the sufferings of Christ. He even conformed himself to death, like, just like Jesus, obedient to death. Have this mind in you which was in Christ Jesus. So the apostle who would have had a wonderful courage because of the, of, of the special place he held amongst the Jewish people, because of the special place he held in society, the guy would have been rich because there was much that was going for him. He became a poor man and became a tent maker. Think about it. Moving from being a guy who would be respected with the robes, say entering the lecture halls and everybody sits and says, yeah, the man has arrived. He goes to the marketplace, he sits there in a small stall. He's there, you know, making the tents to be able to sell tents to earn a living and to support himself. In fact, the Bible says, at the end of the day, he says he, 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 he was basically poor, and you know they depended on he depended on, 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 on others, and he says he became the scum of, of the world, despised. Nobody could have admired him at all, and yet hear what he says. He says something: for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Submit unto God, resist the devil. And he will flee away from you. Hear what he says in Galatians 2.20. That I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ who lives in me. 
The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. And what is the result of all this particular suffering and all of this letting go and losing everything that he was no longer recognized in the, in the, in, in, in the areas that where you would have expected him to have been recognized? If you go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible says this is the result of what Paul had, all that Paul had done. Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. A crown of righteousness had been laid up, prepared, ahead waiting for him, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Praise God. Do you love his appearing? If you love his appearing, you will submit to God. In our minds, in everything that we do, we will learn to be able to submit to God. One of the things that we shared on was, in, in, the, in, the, in the course of the week of fasting was, love the Lord your God. With all your, with all your, you know, with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Here Paul declares, henceforth a crown of righteousness is awaiting for me. I have lost being the best scholar in the whole of this country. But I thank God the crown of righteousness awaits for me. I am unrecognized in the, in the corridors of power and in the corridors of the world because I've become stupid because of the Lord Jesus Christ. But a crown of life awaits for me. Now notice between Jesus and Paul. Both of them end up their life when they are very poor. Jesus, the Bible says, he didn't even have a place to lay his own head. He dies on the cross, the king of kings, having lost everything. Paul loses everything. His head, his head is chopped off. Submitting to God is not easy. But if we submit to him, the Bible appoints and promises us a crown of righteousness awaits for us. Why am I sharing these things with you, my beloved? God wants to prepare you for the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not an easy place to step in. For the way is narrow, and the gate is straight, and few there be that find it. That's what the scripture says. And I want to stir us up. You know, pull up yourself and determine, I'm not going to go the flow of the world. Things may not work right. Our sister Karen said and said, you know, you know, so many of the things that have happened have been bad, terrible. But through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. The valley can be very deep and very disturbing, painful. Learn to trust in God. That is the testimony that God is placing before us. God is not placing before us that we are going to be so prosperous that, you know, I just say, hey, and gold appears. Hey, and, you know, it is all healthy. Woo! And, you know, all the ways are open. All my paths are breakthrough. He doesn't say that. Paul says, I partook in the sufferings of the Lord. Why? Because we are in the world and it hates our God. It hates you. It will make things difficult for you. But as we trust in God, he will bring us through. In the name of Jesus Christ. Let us look at the final example. The disciples and the apostles. I want you to just imagine them. One, they lost their boats. 
You know their boats, their dinghies that they used to use on the sea, they were very precious. If you don't have it, man, you don't have a livelihood. They lost their boats on that day when the, this man of Galilee, whom we call the man of Galilee, Jesus, appeared by the sea. And he said, follow, follow me. They lost, they lost their, their boats. They didn't have any right over their boats ever again. Live along the boats, even their fishing nets. That which is most precious, you can catch the fish. Without it, they lost it as well. It went, they, 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 they let go of it. Submit to God. I don't know what you may be holding on that is so precious to you. Listen, they cut off from, they were cut off from friends and from buddies. For many years they have been in the sea, on the Sea of Galilee and what have you. Always fishing. They knew so many people around. They were cut off from those particular friends. They were no longer in contact. They were no longer in contact with them. Not only were they cut off from the friends, even they, their families took the back seat. Their families no longer were the, the foremost thing in their lives. They were ever always following Jesus. Those three years were not three easy. They were not easy years. I believe they must have been mocked by those who knew them and those around them. Because they left their professions to follow Jesus. They must have been mocked and laughed at. That they left, you know, wonderful careers. Wonderful opportunities, wonderful gifts, wonderful occasions, and wonderful, uh, wonderful parties like our dear one. For what? To follow one who didn't even have a place to lay his head. Can you imagine how stupid they would have looked before people? You are following a man who doesn't even have a small heart. He's like a homeless man. And you know what? At the end of the day, all the apostles were homeless. And they were poor. They had nothing. In fact, they died away from home. They were killed as a matter of fact. Every single one of them, none of them was held in a place of honor across in the whole of the Aspadial Roman Empire. They were hunted down like, you know, they're, they're like animals that are being hunted down for to be killed. Yet, they submitted to this one whom they were following. Hear what, you know, I, you know, I imagine about it and say, you know, there are times they were so hungry. Hungry, you know, the stomach was making noise. There are times they were so hungry that they would go as they pass through the field, they would get some little wheat heads, you know, to, to crush them, to throw in the mouth, to try to silence the hunger that was in their stomachs. And yet, the Lord of Lords was in front of them. He's not commanding bread to come from heaven at that particular time so that they can feed. The path of Christ is an interesting path. But there is great blessing at the end. Remember, sometimes these particular twelve, having left everything, they had to depend on the remains of what others have eaten so that they may be able to feed themselves. After the thousands have fed the first hand, Jesus, we are not told they fed at all. They were given the task to distribute the food before they fed themselves. After they have given out the, the first hand bread, the fresh one. Then the Lord tells them, now you know what? What you're going to eat for yourselves? Go around and pick whatever, what has been left over. Maybe some of it has been thrown onto the grass. These mighty men whom we consider the apostles of the Lord, they go picking the remains. Twelve baskets full. They said every one of them had their own basket. 
store that one. That is what you're going to feed on for the next one or two or three weeks as we move around preaching the gospel. It's an, it's a, it's an interesting picture. I looked at it and I, I was wondering, Lord, what? Is this that happened to your beloved ones? Listen to what Peter says at some point. Peter chapter 19 verse 27. It says, Then Peter answered and said to Jesus, See, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? Do you, do you, can you hear that question? It is a question of a man who is concerned. Man, these three years I've been running up and down following you. What do I have? And still, even after he has told, now hear what is the result. Jesus says to him, surely I say to you, in the regeneration, again he's pointing them into the future. It's as if he promises them virtually nothing. He tells them in the time to come, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones of Israel, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or, or father or wife or children or, or, or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. Now I want you to realize, sometimes people can tell you, you say that you receive a hundred, a hundredfold, you receive a thousandfold of lands and vehicles and, you know, hotels and what have you. I don't think the Lord is mentioning that there. That is what we like to hear and that's what the gospel of prosperity teaches us. But that's not what the Lord is telling us. He's telling you, submit unto God. Submit unto God. Praise God. So least of all, let us look at these particular aspects and then we close. What is it to submit unto the Lord? Why are we to submit unto him? What is this testimony, his testimony about submission telling you and telling me? One, it's telling you that focusing on the Lord Jesus is the sign of submission. Get rid of your idols, of all else, else otherwise you will be destroyed together with those things. The other day the Lord showed me something and it was a bit threatening. In that particular vision indicated people were in that particular place and each person was holding on to an idol. Somebody was holding on to something that, they were so, that was looking so precious to them. And the word of the Lord came through and said, Thus says the Lord. Tell each individual to get rid of their idols. Or else, if they don't get rid of those particular idols, he stretched forth his hand and he said, if they don't get rid of those idols, this will happen to them. And in his hand, in the hand, appeared, appeared something that looked like an idol. If you have been to some of the Roman Catholic churches, you can see there's idols of the saints and of Mary and all of you. Those particular some things like that appeared in the hand. And he says, if, if he put it in my hand, if you don't get rid of your idols, this shall happen to you and to yourself, to your idols and to yourselves. And fire broke out suddenly while I was holding that thing in my hand, right before the whole congregation. And the whole thing burned right through my hand, didn't burn. But the Lord said, this shall happen to you that hold on to your idols and unto the idols themselves. 
So I ask, urge you, my brother and my sister, check in your life as I check in my mind. In mind, don't allow anything to hinder your focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not let fame. Do not let women. Do not let men. Do not let money. Do not let properties. Do not let ministries obstruct your focus of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to God. Resist the devil. The second thing, submitting to God is not picking what you want and dropping all other things that you don't want. Do not say that, you know, I can do what I want with my body, that God is interested only in the heart or in the spirit. That's what I hear so much in our present generation. Remember what he said in Matthew chapter 15, verse 19 and 20. Out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things that defile a human being. And hence he says your heart is the one that produces your character. What your body does and what you feel doing in your body is as a result of what is coming from the heart. Therefore, don't pick what you want and leave what you pick only what the Lord wants. Submit to the Lord. A third thing. God is interested in submission. God is not interested in success. Did you hear me? God is interested in submission. Submit to God. God is not interested in success. That's one thing I want you to take note. Remember the story of Saul. He came from battle, from battle victorious, carrying the sheep and the cows plus Agag. But God had told him to wipe everything out. But he wanted to have something to show for his success. God is not interested in success. God is interested in one thing, submission. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee away from you. People want to receive our colleagues, you know, for their achievements, but God is looking for a submitted heart. My brother, my sister, make up that your mind. Faithfulness, number four, is a sign of submission. How faithful are you to the cause of God, to the purposes of God, to the service of God, to the fellowship of the saints? Faithfulness is a sign of, for, of submission. Number five, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Submit to him. Don't submit to men and don't submit to women. Don't go here these days, everybody goes in calling people my father, my father, my mother in the Lord. Forget about those particular things. Submit to God. Don't submit to man, don't submit to women. It doesn't matter how great a man or a woman may be. God has called you and I to submit to God. Submit to God, not to man. I'm not calling you to come and say, oh, Paul, Pastor Paul is there. Paul, pa, no, I don't want to hear people, Father, Daddy, Papa, Papa. That's one thing that has gone throughout all those Christian domains. It is disgusting. Jesus said, don't call any man Father on earth. Jesus is our Father. Make a point, submit to God. Don't submit to men and women, my brother and my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Do not disregard even the slightest instruction. When that word comes, please yield. Because that word may be the door that will open for your blessing. I want you to remember Moses. He was told, speak to the rock. That was the instruction. 
Now that rock was Jesus Christ who was going with them all along, all along. Jesus may appear to you in any particular form. He may come as a disabled, you know, a disabled man to you. He may come as a very poor character to you. He may become as a dirty person. He's a very strange character. He's Jesus that we believe in. I want you to be very alert because he appears in ways that we may not completely recognize him and you can disregard him. Don't wait for him to come maybe as a Jew or as a, as a white man or as a black man. He may come as anything that you don't know because he's the God of all creation. Moses went to that rock and because of anger, what does he do? Bah! He beats the, the rock. Imagine slapping Jesus. And you say you love him. You come to him and whack. And he told you, speak to me. May you watch, submit to God, follow the instruction. Moses missed to enter the promised land because he failed to follow the instruction. And then verse, item number seven, to submit is to be focused. To be attentive, to be alert, don't miss your appointment. Praise the Lord. The least of all, before you start breaking the curses, sometimes we are very good. We can break curses, generational curses, and what have you of our families, and what have you. But maybe the problem is, is because we are not submitting. Submit therefore to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee away from you. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless you for the word of God. Yes, Help each one of us. We will submit unto you, O God. This year, help us that we shall submit. And the promise is clear. You will exalt us in due time. So I'm praying for the lifting of each man and each woman and each family. As we submit, O dear Lord, unto you. Let it be made manifest. God, as your hand upholds, strengthens, and helps each one for the glory of your name. In Jesus' name. God bless you.